0: Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. So happy and always honored to be here with you and be in your ear. Thank you for spending time with me today. Okay, I'm really excited about this conversation. I get giddy toward the end of the year because. It's a time for me to be reflective, and it's a time to slow down, and it tends to be a lot of hurry up and hustle before the slowdown, so I'm very excited about the slowdown part, but I am definitely in the hurry up and hustle phase of, like, get all the things done in early December in order to slow down in the end of December, and so maybe you're with me, and so as I'm doing my hurry up and hustle, I am recognizing that this is a season, And also I'm being really thoughtful about what I'm spending time on, and I'm being really thoughtful about what I'm saying no to, which is really important. And I'm also being really thoughtful around what do I wanna take away from this year? And what do I wanna leave behind from this year? And what do I want things to look like and more importantly, feel like moving into 2022? So what I wanna talk about today is three lies I'm going to invite you to let go of before 2022. And I'm hoping that this, and I'm optimistic that this episode will give you a sense of spaciousness and levity as you start to put a bow on 2021. And I understand putting a bow on 2021, like it maybe doesn't feel like a year that deserves a bow, but we're going to put a bow on it because even if it was hard and super messy. You deserve to tie it up in a bow and own that you worked through another year of constant uncertainty and the world being flipped upside down again and again. And you get to own that you made it through that and that you are stronger because of that and that you are more resourceful and resilient and clever and nimble and adaptable because of that and that's a really big deal that will serve you for the rest of your life even if you didn't enjoy every minute of figuring all those things out in 2021 so let's look at three lies that you can let go of before you move into 2022 because here's what I've seen happening over the la- I mean this I've seen it happening over the last few years but it was also happening before the pandemic and before things you know got to this point of chaos <laughs> that we're in right now we Tend to look outward from our own lives and make up a whole bunch of stories and make a whole lot of assumptions and really make things hard on ourselves because we create lies about what we see around us. And I want to encourage you and invite you to rewrite the stories about what you see and rewrite the stories about how you talk to yourself about what you see because when we see things outside of us and we see that other people just have it all together and every people have it other people have it all figured out and other people always know what the next right step is and we in contrast never know any of those things you can see how that might be a really dangerous story to tell yourself over time if you're constantly telling yourself that everyone else knows what they're doing and you don't or everyone else you know, has a better safety network or support network, or everybody else has more people to, to lean on, or everybody else has way more time or everybody else just knows where they're going and has a sense of clarity. When we tell ourselves these stories, it makes us feel less than, and it makes us feel like we're not enough, and it makes us feel like we're really far behind. And that does not serve us. That does not serve our growth and our evolution, and it really does not serve who we are becoming. And as I talked about a couple of weeks ago in the episode around like, who is the woman that you're becoming, how are you walking into that woman – I really want you to be thinking about the thoughts that you're carrying around in your head and the stories that you're telling yourself and the stories that you are writing and rewriting as you take in the world around you so that you can make sure that you are writing stories that give you power and writing stories that acknowledge who you are, where you stand and where you're going. So let's dig into three lies to let go of before 2022. You have a couple of weeks to let go of these lies, so start practicing now. And if you're listening to this, a couple weeks after it went live, no worries. You can still release these lies before you move into the new year fully. The first lie I'm going to invite you to let go of before 2022 is the lie that everyone else has it all figured out. Oh, we're so good at telling ourselves this. We are so good at looking at other people and being like, they just always know what they're doing. They always know the next right step. They have it so together. It always is like, clean and easy and simple and obvious for them. And I promise you, it's not clean or simple or easy or obvious for them. (laughs) And I can tell you this because I've had the great honor and opportunity to see many people that I had up on huge high pedestals behind the scenes of their lives. And I've seen consistently that there is always chaos behind the scenes. There's always uncertainty behind the scenes. There's always a lot of unknowns and there's always a lot of figuring it out as they go. And this became really clear to me as I started working with high-end coaches and mentors and people who ran like wildly successful businesses. And in my mind, I was like, if you run a wildly successful business, like you must really have like, a really clear and simple life where every day you wake up and you're like, these are the seven things I need to do today. And at the end of the day, you've crossed all seven off and the next day you wake up and you have seven more and there's never disruptions and there's never hiccups and there's never fumbles. I really thought that's what it was like. And I was like, how do I get there? When do I like, how do you know when you've arrived? And as I got to work with some of these coaches over time and became friendly with some of them and got to see some of their personal lives, I recognized like, oh, they often don't finish their to-do lists, And often things get really messy. And often they have to completely throw the to-do list out or shift and pivot things in the middle of total chaos that they didn't see coming. And I realized, oh, they're just real people. (laughs) Like we're all just real people. And seeing that over the course of the last 11 years or so, since I've been working with high-end mentors, high-end just meaning like people I've spent a lot of money on um, with coaching, as I've seen a lot of fancier coaches and people who coach, people who are wildly successful, seven and eight figure businesses who coach people who are working on building seven and eight figure businesses. And I've seen that everyone is still figuring it out. And there's this great kind of visual that I have been giving my coaching clients recently as I've been talking about this. And I will do my best to create this visual for you over audio. But when we look at people that we think are way ahead of us and people that we have up on a pedestal, people who are mentors to us, anyone from like a mentor like someone like me who has a podcast and, you know, teaches something to someone like Oprah, who is like, you know, we just think has everything figured out. When we look at those people, we often make assumptions that they are on this big pedestal that is so high and far above where we are, that the space between where we exist and where they exist is so incredibly vast. And the distance from our position in life to their position in life is completely unattainable. And there's reasons that we make up those stories. There's some of it might be because of where we come from, how we were raised, what we were raised with in terms of like, you know, if we were raised around a lot of wealth or a lot of success or not. And then some of it comes from what they decide to put out into the real world and the images that they try, that they create around their lives. And so, you know, the way that they put themselves out there sometimes creates this perception that they are way above everyone else. And sometimes it's just like measurements of things where we're like, that person is so extremely successful by some measure or wealthy by some measure that we think like, oh my gosh, I could never get there. So we have these people who are way high up on pedestals that are so high above us. Like we imagine ourselves on like the second floor of a building and we're like, yeah, they're up on floor like 42 and there's no way. Like it would take three lifetimes to get from floor two to floor 42. The reality is, is that, not very many people are on floor 42. And even the people on floor 42 have their own mess and chaos. And a lot of those people that are on floor 42, they wouldn't even identify themselves as being on floor 42. They'd be like, yeah, like I'm on floor 15. (laughs) So we often have people on these like really falsely inflated higher levels and pedestals that are just completely made up stories in our minds about like how advanced they are, how far ahead of us they are. So we have that part of it where we have that piece of the visual, like they're just so high up there. And then the other piece of this visual is that we put ourselves on the second floor. And the reality is, is you're not on the second floor and you're probably on the 22nd floor and you haven't taken the time to look at the life that you've lived through a lens that gives you power and really positions you in a way to carry power with you wherever you go. Hey there,
1: I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above,
0: So I want you to think about being on that second floor and the assumptions you would make about yourself on that second floor. You're thinking, well, I don't really have it figured out. I don't know what I'm doing next. I'm not making the money I wanted to make or I'm not happy in my job or I don't know what my next steps are or I don't know where I want to be in a year from now or I just I don't feel clear around my sense of purpose or what brings me joy and I don't feel like I ever get to do anything for myself. And this isn't what I envisioned for myself when I thought about success growing up, or when I thought about what level of success I would have reached by a certain age. And maybe I haven't achieved some of the things I wanted to achieve. And so when we think about all those things, it's really easy to be like, yeah, so I'm on the second floor. <laughs> and The reality is, is even if you haven't achieved things that you thought you would achieve, or even if success looks different than you thought it would look or different than maybe you want it to look right now or have wanted it to look over the course of your life, you have achieved big things. You have worked through hard things. You have accomplished massive things by virtue of being a mother, by virtue of being a partner, by virtue of being a daughter, by virtue of existing in a pandemic for almost two years. You have accomplished big things. Things And you get to own all of that, and you get to write the story around that. And so you need to decide how are you going to write that story to recognize that you're actually not on the second floor, even though you don't feel like you have things figured out, if that's the case, or even though maybe success is looking different for you than what you originally thought, or you're just not feeling like you're in the place you want to be, that doesn't mean you're at the beginning. It just means you're in a different place than you thought you would be. And you can start from the 22nd floor and start moving your way up or whatever floor you might be on. But I guarantee you are underestimating what floor you're at right now. So here's the thing. You've underestimated what floor you're on. And then you've taken these mentors and you've overestimated what floor they're on. So in your mind, you're like, there's 40 floors between me and this person who I aspire to be more like. The reality is, is you're actually already on floor 22. And that person who you're so deeply admiring and aspiring to be more like, they might be on floor like 25. There might only be three floors between the two of you. So we underestimate where we're at, we overestimate where other people are at and we have this whole story that everyone else has it figured out and there's this huge distance between where we are and where they are and the reality is, is that first of all, no one has it all figured out. So I don't care if someone's on the same floor as you or 40 floors above you, they do not have it all figured out. They are figuring it out as they go, just like you and they are making mistakes every single day, just like you. And then beyond that, that gap that you thought was vast is not, it's actually really small. And as I've gotten the chance to meet really successful people and people who are doing amazing things that I aspire to do, as I get to know them on deeper, closer, more personal relationships, I'm always blown away by like, we're not that far apart. (laughs) Like they're figuring out some things that I already have figured out. And I'm figuring out some things that they already have figured out. And it's often that we're in really similar places. We've just had different experiences that elevate each of us in different ways. So maybe in one building, I am on floor 42, but in another building, I'm like, yeah, I'm still on floor one. And same for them. And so it really kind of all evens out where it's like, well, we're all on floor 23 and a half. (laughs) We're all like in the elevator together, right? Riding between those floors. So I hope that that piece is helpful. And I hope that that visual works for you. I think that visual worked out better as I was describing it than I imagined it would. So I hope that was clear to you. And if you know someone who really struggles with doubt, and they really have that feeling of like, everyone else always has it figured out and I don't, whether that's you or someone else, please share this episode so that other people can hear this description, because I think that this visual can be really helpful and really can get us out of our own way when we think about really like you don't need to figure out things that everyone else has figured out. You already have a whole bunch more figured out than you thought. And the people that you think have it all figured out, I promise you they don't. So that's number one. That's the first lie. Everyone else does not have it figured out. Let's talk about lie number two. The second lie is that nobody gets it. So the second lie, nobody gets it, is the place where we go when we feel isolated and we feel not seen and we feel like we don't have the support system that we want, that we might be craving. And we can often feel, as women and as moms, very lonely, very isolated. And this leads to depression and anxiety, which can send us into spirals that really feed into this idea that nobody gets it. Nobody understands how hard it is or how bad it is. I definitely had this when Vinny was really little, especially as it pertained to nursing. And I felt constantly like, people are telling me to just enjoy this first year and it just constantly feels hard. And I was mad that I couldn't enjoy it. I was mad that nursing was really hard. And then it felt like unfair <laughs> that I didn't have anyone else who was like, yeah, this is really hard. And when I finally joined a parenting group a few months in after Vinny was born, and they were all like, oh, nursing sucks. <laughs> and They all had babies the same age. And I was like, oh, like, thank God. So- was someone else who's like, this is so hard. And it's so awful at times. And it's not the dream that anyone else conveyed. And it's not the dream that like all of our friends with three-year-olds and five-year-olds talk about because they're like, oh, the baby, snuggle the baby. It goes so fast. Well, yeah, it doesn't go fast when you're nursing around the clock every 45 minutes. It goes really, really slow (laughs) and it's really not fun. Um, So when we tell ourselves the story that nobody gets it, we can definitely feel that in our most immediate circles in our life that people don't get it. And sometimes this might be true. It might actually be true that nobody immediately around you gets it. But beyond that, I promise there are people who get it. There are absolutely people who get it. So we live in a world where it's completely acceptable to be isolated and to sit in this world of loneliness and not seek help. It's like asking for help and saying I'm struggling is not normalized. And it's something that we have to really think about when we look at our quality of life. How are you going to... Find the people who get it because I promise you they exist. But sometimes it takes looking beyond the people who are most immediately close to you. Because like when Vinny was born and I was having that hard time, all my closest friends had kids who were a little older. So they couldn't relate to those moments. They wanted to, they wanted to be like really empathetic, but they were past that moment and they were missing the baby phase. They were like, oh, the cuddles and the snuggles. And they were like, oh, craving that when i was like eh, like yeah the snuggles are fine like i mean i did love them really really love them and of course now i would give anything to go back for a day of snuggles but at the time i was like don't tell me how great the snuggles are when i can't i haven't put on a bra in 3 months cuz i've had mastitis 3 times and i like i mean 18 million reasons why I, it was just awful right so where can you find the people who do get it So first of all, I have to give a plug for joining the Plan and Prep Pajama Party. So absolutely come join us on January 15th. January 15th is my fourth annual Plan and Prep Pajama Party. And this is a time of year when I have moms from all over, typically all over the world. We've had moms from Australia join. We've had moms from the UK join. We've had moms from all over the US join. Moms from Canada join. And so we during this, we actually, I think we had a mom from Israel last year. we I mean, I'm telling you, far and wide. So moms from all over the world join us. And we do a three-hour virtual workshop where I walk you through three modules of really defining what you want the next year to look like. And we go through how do you want to feel in the next year? How will you actually take action in order to feel the way you want to feel? We come up with a 90-day action plan. It's a really special time for you to come together with other moms who get it and be able to have really great connections. So you get to connect with me, and then you get to connect with a whole bunch of other shameless moms who get it. They get that it is hard and messy and chaotic every single day of mom life. So if that is intriguing to you, go ahead and hop over to shamelessmom.com slash pajama party, and you can get yourself signed up. That's shamelessmom.com slash pajama party. We have early bird pricing for this initial phase of registration. So you can go get signed up for with early word pricing and get the best pricing on the January 15th workshop, and then I would love to see you there. Beyond that, I also want you to look at who's in your immediate circle, who might not get where you're at, but who was more than happy to listen to you and who would potentially be able to relate. So sometimes we make assumptions that people don't get it when they actually do. So when I started taking medication for anxiety at the beginning of 2022 or 2021, I had this misconception that like, I didn't think friends would judge me, but I kind of felt like they would be like, huh, I don't really get that. I wouldn't do necessarily take that step. But like, I thought they'd be kind of like, good for you. What was fascinating, what I didn't expect was almost every single person I shared it with, and you know I'm a sharer, I'm like an oversharer, so I shared it with a lot of people. (laughs) I'm I'm not suggesting that to you, I'm suggesting you share where it feels safe for you to share. For me, it feels safe to share in a lot of places. (laughs) So I shared with a lot of people and I was blown away by almost every single person told me that they either were on or had been on medication for anxiety, for depression, for mood disorders, for ADHD, for sleep. I mean, like, so many people could relate who I had no idea could relate. And it was really eye opening for me to recognize like, holy cow, I'm definitely not alone in this. So many people get it but nobody talks about it which is very much what also happened when we were going through infertility i had made a lot of assumptions that no one else in my life could understand it and when we went through it the first time trying to get pregnant with vinny i didn't share it with anyone cuz i was like nobody gets it and it's just too much to share and it feels weird and i don't want people's pity and it was a really really lonely road and then when we tried to get pregnant a second time and it didn't work. And I talked about it years ago in the podcast, you can go back and search for our IVF episodes. But when it didn't work that second time, as I was going through it, as we were going through it, I talked about it really publicly. And holy cow, I mean, women coming out of the woodwork who completely understood what I was going through. And they had been there and some of them had been there for 10 years or 12 years, and had had so many losses, and they could relate to every single word that I was saying. So I Trust that when you feel an inkling that you might have a safe place to share, that it's okay to do that and it's likely you're going to find people who actually can relate. There probably are people who get it and perhaps we've just discounted those people because we visually haven't seen how they relate. We haven't seen them live the side of their life that might be relatable to us when they actually have been living it or have already lived it or are currently living it, but maybe behind closed doors or in just a different way than we're living it and experiencing it. Okay. The last thing I want to say about nobody getting it is that there's also people who don't get it, but they want to get it. And so sometimes when we go to those safe places to open up and just explain what's going on or to explain what we need, we find people who can say things like, I've never been in that situation, or I don't understand, or I don't relate to that because I've never been there. But also, I want to know more about that. I want to understand that more. And I really want to make sure that I'm being sensitive to what you're going through.
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama.
0: So I can tell you, I've been in conversations with people around these kinds of things when it comes to race and culture, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to gender identity, when it comes to sexual orientation, when it comes to loss, abandonment and trauma. So I want you to trust that. And again, going to people who you think are safe people and, you know, taking baby steps into these conversations, but also trusting that there are people who really want to get it. Because sometimes we get really good at spinning in isolation and making up the story that first of all, no one gets it and also making up the story that nobody really wants to understand or nobody really wants to take the time. And that's often not the case. There's usually people in your life that really want to understand you and connect with you and be able to relate to you on a deeper level, even if they have not walked the same walk. And so give yourself that space to give other people that space to be able to connect with you in that way. Because I have found that when you find those safe people, it's really validating to let them in and let them see you. And I will say as someone who's been invited in in those conversations, oh, my goodness, like it is such a strengthening of a relationship when someone can explain to me what it's like to walk in their shoes. And then I can be more sensitive moving forward and say, oh, my gosh, I'm so I so appreciate that you shared this part of you. And I wanna make sure that I don't do anything to offend you or hurt you or dishonor you moving forward. So please, like I'm gonna work really hard to see you for who you are and please give me feedback if I mess up along the way, okay? And then the number three lie. The third lie I want you to let go of before 2022 is the lie that there's never enough time. Okay, so this is a big one. And I'm not telling you that you're wrong when you feel like there's never enough time because there's not a lot of time in a day and we fill it up real quickly. And we always still feel like even though we did our very best managing our time, we still left a lot of things undone. So I totally get that and I don't wanna dishonor that feeling because I think it's very real and I definitely have it myself. And there's a lot of space to renegotiate how we look at time and how we manage time as a mindset. So I'm gonna invite you to manage time as a mindset versus like managing time on a calendar for a minute. Because here's the truth. The truth is there's time to do your top priority tasks or items every day. The problem is, is that we have so many items on our to-do list that are often not high priority items or don't need to be there. Now, this doesn't mean that all the things on your list are not important because I, I'm i looking at a very long list for myself for this week. And I'm like, oh, these all are critical. <laughs> these are all critical items. But I will tell you that when I look at that list and I panic about these are all critical items and how will I get through them, that does not serve me. Because then I go in that, into that place of like, there's never enough time. So all I need to do is in every day, or maybe it's every couple hours, or maybe it's every 30 minutes, identify what's most important right now. And I will literally do this as I look at my tasks for the week, and I will be like, okay, what's the first three things that need to happen on a Monday. And when those first three things are done, what are the next three things? So my list, while it can feel long and out of control, I'm only looking at like the next two or three things that need to happen. Because if I look at the 23 or 24 things that need to happen, it's super overwhelming. And then that's where I get into this idea that there's not enough time. And then that only creates panic and less efficiency in the time that I do have. So I want you to honor that there are some things that need to take priority at any given time. And that's absolutely appropriate. And let's recognize what those top priority things are at any given time. And then I want you to also honor that there's a whole lot of things that you might not actually need to get done. Maybe not in this moment, maybe not on this day, and maybe not ever. One of my friends who I follow, we were in a fitness mastermind together years ago, and she talks a lot about time management, and she's always talking about the things she's not doing. So she has an eight-figure business, so her business makes eight figures a year, so that's like over $10 million a year. And she's a single mom. And of course, there's a lot of like, how do you do that? She has her kids, I think, 70% of the time. And one of her children has special needs. Like, I am <laughs> I know you're all like, what, what, how, how? So she does such a great job of always talking about what she's not doing. And so she recently put up this list that was like, I don't cook dinner. I don't do laundry. Or, I'm, sorry, I think she does laundry, but she doesn't like fold it or put it away. Like laundry lives in a laundry basket. Like it comes out of the dryer and goes into a laundry basket. And she actually doesn't do it. Her kids do it she doesn't do dishes. She like there's all these things she doesn't do. And so how does she counteract the things that like absolutely have to get done? Like, of course, the dishes still need to get done. So she has children who are school age who can do a lot of things. And then she also I mean, she has an eight figure business. So she does have some support where she can hire in like someone to come and do some things around the house on a regular basis. But she's really clear about what she doesn't do. And then she has meals delivered for dinners. And then other meals, she's like piecing together like little grab and go meals on the run. So if you are not in a position to hire have meal delivery for every dinner or to hire people to like come in and like you know be routinely taking care of your space that you live in or you don't have school age children how can you adapt that to you how can you look around you and be like i'm feeling a lot of overwhelm and i'm making up stories about what needs to get done So I've talked about this before, like with my own laundry thing, like a laundry for me is not a middle of the day in the middle of the week kind of a thing, because that interferes with my work productivity. So laundry is actually more laundry is only done on the nights that I do bedtime with Vinny. So it's every other night, Vinny and I will do some element of laundry together. And pretty soon he's going to be able to do it on his own. And my husband does his own laundry, by the way. So it's just Vinny and I just we're managing ours. I no longer fold his clothes. I no longer uninside out his clothes. That's what we call it. I'm like, Vinny, I'm not going to un-inside out these. You un-inside out them and you stuff them in a drawer and I don't care. <laughs> so my child never has folded clothes. Also, I decided it was more worth it to buy some more $5 shirts on sale at Old Navy than do laundry more frequently. So my child has like 10 Old Navy or Target like athletic shirts that like athletic blend. I don't know, like polyester blend fit whatever (laughs) and basketball shorts like he has like 10 of each because they're like five dollars each on sale and then I don't have to do laundry that often so how can you make workarounds so that you don't have a constant list I will also tell you for dinners we eat like four dinners (laughs) there's like four things I'm like okay it's tacos again okay it's salmon and salad again Okay, it's steak and chicken grill night again. I mean, and like spaghetti. Those are literally like our four dinners right now. And then I rotate in soups. So like one soup a week, It's super chili. Those are, it's the same every week. Like I'm, I'm waiting for the rest of the family to notice and be like, oh, really? Like tacos again? So far, no one's complaining, but I'm already prepared for when they do like, oh, then you make dinner. It's on you. These are the things I'm willing to make. And I don't do all of them. My husband does some of those, but making it way simpler so that, I'm not spinning out in this, there's never enough time and how am I gonna make dinner? Because I'm like, dinner's real simple. I typically can decide dinner at 6.30 and have it on the table between 6.50 and 7, which I know is really late for some people, but that's when we eat. So you can back that up. So maybe you're deciding dinner at 5.15 and it's on the table at 5.45. If you know that there's like four options to choose from (laughs) and you have things ready to go for those four options because you shop for them once a week or order food delivery once a week. So I'm getting in the weeds here on like these tasks, but I'm hoping that this is helpful because here's the thing. You get to determine what you dedicate your time to, and the more you pay attention to what others dedicate their time to, the more you will feed into the self-talk and the lie that there's never enough time and that you're a piss-poor time manager. So I want to say that again. You determine what you dedicate your time to, and the more you pay attention to what other people dedicate their time to, the more you're going to feed into negative self-talk and this lie that there's never enough time because when we look at what other people are doing that's when we decide there's never enough time when we look at someone else did a really cute craft project or someone else did this family adventure or someone else did this community thing or whatever that's when we're like i should add that to my list but i'm too busy no, like stop paying attention to what other people are doing. If you stop paying attention to what other people are doing and stop using that as an indication of like and judgment of how you're spending time, you will find that your to do list actually gets shorter. And I will say as my plate gets fuller, I pay less attention to what other people are doing. So I can't afford to. And my to do list and my critical action tasks actually become those lists become shorter, because I'm way more discerning around what actually is critical, what actually matters, what I'm really gonna focus my time and energy on. So those are your three lies that I wanna invite you to let go of before 2022. Number one, everyone else has it all figured out. Number two, nobody gets it. And number three, there's never enough time. If this episode was helpful or you know someone else that could help, always, always screen share the episode, tag me at Shameless Mom Academy, share it out. And then, lastly, if you are inspired to take action and get coaching along the way as you move into 2022, and you're like, yeah, I need some help with some of these things, I need to overcome some of these mindset shifts, and I really wanna be a more clear, and discerning action taker in 2022, then please join me for the Plan and Prep Pajama Party. If you go to shamelessmom.com pajama party, you can get signed up and get early bird pricing. That's shamelessmom.com pajama party. Thank you for being here today. I can't wait to be back in just a couple days with a fantastic interview.
4: Listen into to Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.